It'd be so good to have a comic where Uncle Ben is the one that gets the spider powers <laughs> and Parker dies and he has to He's like, Woo, this is fun. <laughs> oh no, I forgot that lesson. Great power comes great responsibility. My son's dead or my nephew's dead. Well, I just I like the idea of an elderly Spider Man popping to building the building, little bit of a beer gut. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Double Issue. I'm Quentin Pongratz and with me is my co-host Daniel Poole. And this is a show where we tell stories set in a superhero universe and world build around that universe. And today we're bringing you stories. This week's stories are the uh, center around the superhero group Aegis and it's our infinity prompt. I can't believe we've done 18 movies and this is our 19th and it's the long-awaited big event i i'm just amazed after all these years that we were able to have the greatest crossover event of all time yeah no one has ever done story crossovers like this we've just been slowly seeding throughout the previous episodes connections in these stories and this is finally the big one it all comes down to this yep and captain america dies what um, oh, someone's got to die, right? My money's on Ant Man. It's got. It's got to be Iron Man or Captain America. No, I one of I, them is out. <laughs> Iron Man's tried so many times before. Either Iron Man has to die, or something awful has to happen to Iron Man. You got any research this week? Yeah, I've been reading Expatriates, which is the second book by Peter. No, yeah, I think it's Peter Klein. Yeah, it's Peter Klein. I'm pretty okay. sure. Okay. Yeah, so the second book. In the X series, because I read X Heroes, now X Patriots, and it's similar to stuff we do or how I write anyway. So it's been nice, kind of getting more more seated in that. Yeah, I started the first one, but I haven't gone back to it yet. I started this one forever ago and just stopped after the first couple of chapters. I was just ah okay, <laughs> and then I started back up, and I'm actually enjoying it a lot more now. So. Yeah, I tried out his unrelated book, The Fold, and I did not mm. care for that one. Yeah. But I may come back to the X-Heroes just because of the content. Yeah, there's things I like about the series and some things where I'm just, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. And then this week or last week, I read Power Rangers Justice League graphic novel. Oh, how was that? It was less fan y than I wanted it to be. It like played it more straight than I thought a comic like that should. Mm. The stuff that I wanted was a two-page spread of all of the like the Megazord and all of the Justice League just flying at you on the page. And it looks like they did that on the covers. They did different aspects of that. But in the comic itself, there wasn't... I felt like there should have been one of those every issue. And they didn't really delve into that part of it, of oh. just reveling in the greatness that it was. There were some great moments. There was a cool Power Ranger moment that I don't want to spoil. I can spoil to you, but I'll cut it out. <laughs> oh, that was really good. 
I was like, I can't believe that hasn't happened before. <laughs> well, there are, otherwise it was all right. Oh, cool. Yeah, I want to read some more. I've been seeing stuff about Shattered Universe or Shattered Something with the Green Ranger comic. Mm. That sounds good. Yeah, they've been taking a lot of those. That, and I think they've made some Sabrina comics and Flintstones comics that are kind of a more serious extenuation of the content matter of just kids cartoons and shows oh man the flintstones is so good the new one i've heard mm. the sabrina one is just dark <laughs> oh i think there's a scooby-doo one scooby-doo and the apocalypse or something they just start fighting real monsters yeah that one seemed weirder because like scooby-doo's like a cybernetic mutant or something no it was weird but i just know they're taking a bunch of kids concepts and that doing that dark reboot meme on them but with actually good results. Yeah. Any loose ends we should talk about before we get into the stories? Yeah. I was actually going to say, I was, so I've been re-listening to episodes, and there's so many little things that I thought about talking about and bringing up. We might just have to do like a loose ends episode at some point. This is a new segment, a uh, Little Bits. <laughs> What's Daniel's Little Bits this week? A little bit that I had. We talked about Itch of All, it being weird that he was in Aegis at the same time as Hildy. I had the thought that during AI, maybe Ichival was just a like lone player who was maybe getting optioned for Aegis. Mm. And after AI, he moved up into that position for showing off how good he was during AI. That could be interesting. So he's relatively modern then. Yeah. So maybe he's just like recent, like last couple of years. Okay. I realized while re-listening to Underworld that the Leviathan concept that we ended up with is so different than the one I originally wrote from my notes. Originally, it was going to be like that silver robot man from G.I. Joe. I don't know how I got to the current. The last thing, when did we want to have superheroes first appear? So I was thinking, just take comic books timeline of started appearing around World War II or a little bit before. Okay. Our comics book universe just kind of mirrors a DC Marvel type universe of that's when they started appearing more. I mean, obviously we've talked about them having ancient roots and maybe some of the different pantheons of the old world being actually just superheroes, but the kind of ramping up of them started around then just to mirror like we have a golden age and it was the golden age of comics basically. Okay. I just wanted to double check on that because I was starting to work on some themes. I was like, oh, this will this will be an important question very soon. Yeah. And it gives us less, instead of creating a whole sci-fi world of there's always been heroes, we can just kind of, for anything we don't fill in, just generic comic book timeline until we get there. Okay. If we wanted a a world where superheroes have always been existing and in force, that would be a very different current age. Yeah. And our current age is quite a bit different, but it's at least recognizable in some ways. But if we uh, had it before World War II, there might be like, oh, America was just a different. It wasn't America. It was different. We forgot to mention this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the All the country boundaries are really weird because heroes have existed since the advent of nations. I was going to say, my story is going to push those boundaries down a little like around a little bit <laughs> yeah 
I mean, it's fine, but every time we come up with something in the past, if we don't think through the ripples of it, it could be just a thing that come becomes a weird plot artifact that we never <laughs> address. All right. Do you want to get into our stories? Yeah, I think you're up first this week. I am. Here we go. Aegis. Infinity Initiative. We are muscle, a woman shouted at everyone in the bank lobby. For a moment, no one took notice. The pale woman sighed and punched the ground. The impact rippled forward through the room. A craggy line divided the bank in two. Everyone took notice and fled. Some out the door, most to the sides and desk and wherever they could get away from the threat. The woman, Flex, snapped her fingers. The volume of the snap conveyed the size of the muscles behind them. A small black woman appeared next to her. Flex reached into the fanny pack around her waist and produced some zip ties. Tie them up. Why me? Relax can do it. You forget who's in charge here. Twitch rolled her eyes. Flex's hair blew around as Twitch dis and reappeared. See, that wasn't too hard. Twitch ran to the glass doors and took a look outside before returning a moment later. Where is Lax anyways? You check every room for potential heroes? Twitch sighed, but disappeared again. A second later, she skidded to a stop in front of Flex. But really, where is she? If you had listened to the plan, you would know. You know I can't keep focused for that long. I know. Flex tousled Twitch's hair. Now take care of the cameras. I did that earlier. So you can do your job sometimes. Twitch was about to say something, but Flex held up her hand to silence her. Flex watched the crack in the ground she had created with her punch. A small patch of the dust and rubble shifted. She kicked away the debris and spotted it. A finger poked up through the ground. She grabbed it and pulled. The finger stretched as she pulled, but then it stopped. She continued to pull and for a moment seemed to have no effect. Then the ground shook and the crack widened. The length of the rupture filled with more skin widening from the base of the finger Flex pulled. Rope up. All the skin save for the finger she held onto slipped below. The finger she held, once taut, went slack. Do the honors? Flex offered the finger rope to Twitch. Twitch shuddered, but took the finger, and in an instant had it and more of the seemingly endless length tied around Flex. See you in the street. Twitch disappeared. Flex crouched, took a deep breath, and jumped. The rope wrapped around her body stretched and lagged behind her, but eventually it followed, and with it, the safe from the basement of the bank. The floor erupted as the once secure room burst from beneath. Everyone in the bank watched as the heavy room covered in a thin layer of skin followed the woman through the small hole she had created in the roof. The safe widened the hole. Flex landed on the roof and watched the safe and her companion wrapped around it pass her by. When it reached the top of its arc, she tugged on relax and shifted the trajectory. Then she hopped onto the top side as it plummeted to the street. It crushed a car and opened a vein of the city's water. Sirens sounded in the distance. Twitch appeared next to her as she stepped off the safe. Clear shot, Twitch offered. Hope so. Flex cracked her neck. You still holding up, relax? A mouth slithered up the finger rope. Yup. Twitch shuddered. That will never not creep me out. The mouth laughed as it floated back toward the safe and then out of sight. Slack, yelled Flex. The rope around her wilted and she ran away from the safe. She sprinted down the street and the rope snaked after her. 
Gradually, the rope pulled taut, and once Flex felt it starting to tug, she yelled, Tighten! Flex twisted around to get a grip on the rope and pulled against it as it threatened to pull her back. She won this mini tug of war. Like a slingshot, the skin wrapped around the safe flew towards Flex. Flex planted her feet and let the safe come towards her. She stared it down like a pitch coming in fast, and then she swung. She was aiming up for a home run. It launched into the sky and away. Flex braced for impact, and the still-attached skin rope pulled her away. Relax reeled her in, and soon she rode the safe along with Twitch, already perched on top. Twitch's goggles, usually only down for when she ran, were down to face the high wind speeds as they flew. She noticed Flex and flashed her a thumbs up. Flex stood, Relax molded around her feet so she wouldn't fall. Relax's facial features floated between the two of them. Looking good? No trouble yet. Speaking of trouble, a voice from beside the safe spoke. The man known as Sunbeam flew beside them in the air. We doing this the easy way or the hard way? I only know one way. Flex cracked her knuckles. Behind, yelled Twitch. Flex ducked without looking behind her. A figure zoomed over her and tackled the first flyer. They tumbled through the air. Huh. They must have beef, Twitch shrugged. Good for us, right? Flex spotted another flyer in the distance. Looks like they're out in full force today, she crouched. What's the plan? Twitch asked. Flex untied the finger rope and let it fall from her. Catch me? Flex tapped the skin around her feet. It released. She jumped. Shoot! The extra-long finger Flex discarded shaped itself from a rope into a sheet. The wind caught the sheet and filled it, slowing their descent. Twitch grabbed a bit of the newly created parachute and pulled at the edges, effectively piloting the safe and relaxed through the sky. Flex smashed into the oncoming flyer and they tumbled away from the safe. Twitch piloted it towards them, but the safe fell slower than Flex and her enemy. Twitch tugged at some of Relax and a new rope followed her pull. She fastened the new skin rope around her and ran off the side towards Flex. She jumped and with her speed was able to reach her target. She grabbed Flex and they fell in an arc back towards and underneath the safe. The new flying hero with them as Flex continued to punch his face. Let go, Twitch yelled. Flex dropped the hero and he fell while Flex and Twitch continued to oscillate beneath Relax. The hanging duo watched as a few more flyers approached. Five arrived at the same time and surrounded them. We have you surrounded, announced a hero known as the Southwest Sentinel. Very good. I would applaud you, but we have our hands full at the moment. The super known as Flight Knight sighed from inside his suit of armor. So many people waste time on idle banter when we should be vanquishing our foes. Well, some people like to have a little joy in their lives, said Silverstreak. We have a task at hand, Flight Knight waved his sword towards the bank robbers. And we're doing it, growled Super Bear. As Sentinel said, we have them surrounded. Twitch tugged on the rope and it started lifting them back to the safe. Can I take a second and say how dumb it is to say we have them surrounded? King Art looked around at everyone to see if he had a consensus on his question. I mean, it should be evident that we have them surrounded. We don't need to say it. You are a disgrace to the title of king, said Flight Knight. And I hate your whole thing, continued King Art. Is this supposed to be a time travel thing? It's insufferable. 
We should not quarrel right now. This is a big moment for my career. Also, don't call me Sentinel again. That's someone else. Flex and Twitch climbed to the top of the safe and away from the arguing heroes, only to be greeted with another. Amy, what a surprise. Aren't we a bit too low on the ladder for you? Amy had her arms crossed. Her toes floated just above the fleshy surface coating the safe. Her cape and hair bellowed in the wind. You got a new team? Didn't expect so many flyers. We're trying out a new thing. Well, keep trying. This one doesn't seem to work out too well. You're still caught. That's all that matters. The five flyers from before realized what had happened and floated up to the top side of the safe. Amy didn't look at them as she spoke. If I were any of you, I wouldn't want to be heard or seen by me right now. They flew away. Where were we? You mentioned something about catch? Twitch tapped her toes. The parachute crumpled around the duo of Twitch and Flex, and the skin retracted from the safe, wrapping them in a ball of reflex. The safe dropped. Amy followed the safe and lost track of the human-sized bouncy ball that went the other way. Without much effort, Amy positioned herself underneath the safe and stopped it from crushing the people in the street below. They cheered as Amy set it down. Amy smiled and shook hands. She greeted the police when they showed up. She carried the safe back to the bank from which it had originated. She scowled when they opened the safe to find the contents missing. Let's review what went wrong then. Cyberwolf sat across from Amy Dangerous. Let's start with coordination. We had a ground team too slow on the uptake, and when we realized they were airborne, we sent the flyers. They don't have the synergy of us, though. We can't expect them to have the same level of synergy out of the gate. Ichivald gurgled. How can we ever expect them to have that level of synergy when the teams are built on the fly? Cyberwolf tapped on a laptop in front of him. Perhaps I can start building up personality matrices and only call based on known existing teamwork skills and when the call is put out only have the- Speaking of the call, why did we have that many flyers show up anyway? It's too slow. Explain. Well, Cyberwolf tapped a button. At 3.42 and 15 seconds I sent out the response call. Anyone nearby or with speed to reach the area got a ping. At 3.42 and 37 seconds, the system's quota was filled for the level of the event. Why was the quota so high then? I didn't finish. It had filled the quota three times over. Glitch? Just the limits of technology. When half of these people can move so fast they can answer before the wireless signal can get back to tell them no. Can you make the system faster? By making it wired. And that kind of defeats the point. Cyberwolf chuckled. Even then, people would still be too fast for it to keep up. Amy sighed. She stood up and walked away from the conference table. She looked across the city from their tower view. Your thoughts, Ichival? Ichival made a sound neither of them recognized, and their faces showed this fact. That was a laugh. Ichival thought at them. We can barely organize the six of us sometimes. The Kraken is the same, and we're only seven. Unless we happen upon someone with the power of logistics, I think it's doomed even with Cyber's excellent programming skills. Cyberwolf shrugged. Yeah, it may just be too much. I was hoping this would work. Amy flew back to the table. I guess we shut it down then. I'm going to make Thunderfist tell everyone, though. I can't imagine the pandemonium when we tell everyone they're not really an Aegis anymore. The three of them laughed. The end.
So my original inspiration for this was Justice League Unlimited. And I just had this vision of a bunch of superheroes we haven't even named yet collecting in some meeting room and the nightmare of everyone trying to get their say in in a Justice League Unlimited type situation and the logistical nightmare that follows from having all of the heroes in a group. So just hundreds of heroes in a room trying to yell over each other. Yeah. So I wanted to illustrate that with here's a here's a situation where there's a crime, a run-of-the-mill crime, and then some heroes come to solve it, but oh man, there's too many. <laughs> oops all heroes. But then I oops loved the villains. Yeah. No, they're amazing. It's a trio of women crime fighters. Or not crime fighters, crime doers. <laughs> I was going to say, are they fight crimers? But, no, uh, they seem great. Yeah, we got the strong one, the fast one, and the stretchy one. When I first started, I just called them triple extra. I was like, okay, three people, here we go. <laughs> I just put something there to like get it going. But I love the use of their powers together. No, oh, yeah. Like, relax just forms around... I'm imagining there's a limit, and we get into this because we've already recorded the next episode, but the limit is the more they stretch, the less they can control different things. Okay. Like, they might be able to shape themselves, but I don't think they'd be able to have strength in those things. So, like, in the story, they do a a parachute-type move, which is easy because it's just shaping yourself and letting the wind do the work. And it can they can kind of act as a rope for part of it. But as far as grabbing, they don't have as much strength once they're stretched that high. They can kind of grab onto people's feet and keep them there, but they aren't able to, like, crush the vault beneath them. So if they were, say, like, just back into, like, a regular humanoid shape, could they make, like, their arms weapons or something like that? Or Like, maybe they can make it sharp, but I think they maintain the amount of strength kind of deal. Okay. But as it distributes more, there's less less strength in it like when they had the vault around them they couldn't have turned their surface into like a bunch of death spikes or something right it would have been floopy spikes <laughs> at that point yeah. but if they were about human shape they could turn their skin into spike shapes okay but it's more about relaxing and letting yourself form over things and then it is full rigid control and I imagine them them getting shot, they don't, like, toughen up or anything. The bullets just kind of, like, bloop. <laughs> just goes through. And then twitch and flex are kind of self-explanatory and then just strong and fast. I think flex is probably my favorite, just because I like big, strong people. Yeah. But they also seem pretty funny, whether they were tussling Twitch's hair. Yeah, I think they've got good camaraderie together. Yeah. So you're saying this event helps... You just decide to do something better for their system of setting heroes out. Oh, I think what happens is slightly before this bank robbery, they've decided we're going to do the Infinity Initiative. And we're going to link all of the heroes that want to be linked into the Aegis network and dispatch people to fight crime. And it'll be a more organized super system. And... It'll allow people to get Aegis resources for things and Aegis to have resources around the world is the goal. And then they find out how hard it is to do that. (laughs) Like they just can't get the system good. 
So when does this story take place, timeline-wise? Um, whenever Justice League Unlimited aired. <laughs> like, early, mid-2000. I was going to say, what if the computer system they use, the, the only computer system sophisticated enough, is the lab system? Oh, yeah, they could probably do it now if the lab system helped. I was going to say, what if they used the lab system, not knowing its background, like the evil lab? Oh, but this would be before then, like... But saying if this was far enough back, maybe this is, like, the literal call to action that got Amy to leave was the superhero system was like, there's trouble in this dimension. Oh. I don't know. I was just trying to make a connection there. Uh, I don't know if it can connect directly. I see what you're going with now. Um, I don't think it can connect in a good way without more thought, but I can think about it and yeah. see come back with something next week <laughs> in two weeks with a with a report and detailed analysis yeah run run the numbers <laughs> okay run it through the lab Cyberwolf is a batman type character as far as technology wise oh like his hero his powers are more technology like cyborg and batman like, oh, he's, like that he's the computer guy kind of deal for the team yeah but he has cyborg powers of it was a wolf that was transformed into a cyber wolf (laughs) or a man that was genetically engineered into a wolf man and then turned into a cyborg there was some experimentation gone wrong i kind of like the wolf into a man or like wolf into a cyborg yeah that's pretty good his uh i was thinking batman because he has a butler type character that helps him out logistically in his earpiece and that's a puppy is a puppy that was genetically engineered to have human smarts. So they're like counterparts to each other. Oh, okay. Maybe he has a British accent, the puppy. <laughs> oh my. I seem to have doodled in the drawing room. All right. You want to do your story? Sure. Let's get into it. Cafe Infinity by Daniel J. Poole. The new Amsterdam skyline shot past Amy Dangerous. The city bustled below her. A few children pointed at her. The street sounds echoed off the glass walls rising from the ground. The wind stung at her ears. She dove under skyways and monorails. She came to a stop over an art deco skyscraper with a rooftop garden. The woman floated down until her feet lightly landed. Hello, madam. Your regular booth? Asked Angus. He wore a dark wool suit. A thick mustache obscured his lips. Not today, but thank you. I'm meeting someone. Amy unzipped her neon orange flight jacket. Would you be a dear and check my coat? Angus bowed slightly. Of course. Do you have time for a Cosmo? She nodded. He clicked his heels with a turn and ducked inside the cafe. She lingered in the garden. An infinity pool stretched out from the restaurant. A statue rose out of the center. A band of soldiers carrying flags ascended a mountain. In front of them was a single young woman, shielding them from bombs, smiling. They never got Amy's smile right. She looked at her reflection in the water, then to the statue. She didn't recognize the person in the statue anymore. Amy sighed. She followed Angus through the doors. 
Cafe Infinity was styled to match the age of the building. A framed picture of Infinity Man holding a T-Rex over his head hung near the door. Midday light streamed in through the ring of windows encircling the room. Trophies lined the walls above the windows. There was Isidore the Invincible Spear on one wall, opposite Count Smackdown's 1984 championship belt, while another wall had a full Centauri Raptor suit. Cerebrus's middle head sat on the mantle. Shadow Doom's helmet was upturned on the bar as a tip jar. One wall was lined with masks from retirees. Sunburst motifs covered the ceiling and floor. The heroine was lost in a memory when she bumped into a Martian's back. Sorry, she said. One of the tentacles grabbed her by the wrist. He pulled her close. He wore a long cape and had a thick sword strapped to his side. His body shifted from green to red and puffed up. A wave of thought pushed out from him. How dare you! 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 His skin shifted to a yellow. The hero standing next to the Martian pushed between him and Amy. He was bulbous and made of a thick red rubber. This pipsqueak giving you trouble, Graham? Yeah, Graham. Am I giving you trouble? Amy smirked. A pair of heavy feet stopped behind Amy. Lay off my friends, little lady. A boxy robot with disc strapped to its body said in a low synthetic voice. Graham let go of her wrist. Sorry, didn't realize you were making the rounds. Amy smiled. Honest mistake. The boxy robot cut her off. Hey, are you listening to me? I think you should apologize to my friends. Amy took his hand in hers and flipped him over her head. The robot crashed into the red man, flattening him. She raised a fist above the robot's face. Please don't. They're new, thought out Graham. Amy stopped short from the robot. The force blew his antenna back. She straightened up. Sorry, forget my own strength. Lot of new faces, Graham. The Martian's skin shifted between green and yellow. He helped pull the robot off the rubber man. We've been recruiting. Bouncer's body pulled back into his original shape. We'll make sure they can prove they aren't jerks. Amy turned and took off for a row of booths towards the back. She didn't recognize the capes and cowls she saw. Each table made quick glances before looking back at something else. Anything else. Split waved. She had three copies of herself sharing a banana split. Amy stopped at the corner booth. All I'm saying is we need to find him or be sure he died. For good this time. Said a man in his mid-forties. Flames were emblazoned on his suit. His straight black hair was styled up. When he saw Amy, his jaw dropped. He didn't look away. Quake cleared her throat. <clears throat> We've had Atlantis checking every corner of the ocean. If he was down there, we would have found him. Probably got eaten when he was regenerating. Afternoon, Amy said. Good to see you, Flair. Hello, backstabber. Wondered when you'd show up. Quake half turned to meet her. Care to have a seat? Another time. Why don't my security codes work at the fortress? Because you disappeared for three years. It was a safety issue. A vein pulsed at Amy's temple. Well, now I'm back. Quake turned so she could look directly at Amy. She tilted her head to the side. I'm sorry. Are you a member of Aegis? 
I found it, Aegis. Cafe Infinity became silent. The bartender pressed a switch on the bar. An engine whirled as the glassware cabinet lowered into the floor. Quake exhaled. <sighs> she crossed her arms. And you left us when we needed you most. Amy shoved Flair over. You did just fine on your own. There was a war. And you came through. Good job. The world almost ended. Amy sat quietly. Her fingers wrapped at the tabletop. Our friends died. Amy's fingers dug into the table with a crunch. Flair pointed to the aisle. He tried to stand up. Amy stayed where she was. Do you mind if I get up? I, I think I might go grab something from the bar. She kept eye contact with Quake. Flair scooted to the other end of the horseshoe bench next to Quake. She was watching Amy intently. Hey, so could I get out? I think I might just go. Angus arrives at the table. You'll drink, ma'am. He pointed to Flair. A drink, sir? Yes, well, uh, actually, you know, I'll come to the bar. Nonsense, sir. I'll get it. Quake set her palms on the table. It rumbled and then slapped the floor with a crack. We needed you, and you weren't there. We just decided to live like you weren't coming back. What are you saying? You don't need me anymore? Why did you replace me with... Who is it? Gold Star? She took a sip of her Cosmo. That wasn't my choice. Quake's tumbler shattered in her hand. It hurt to learn how much we needed you. Now we don't need you. She collected the glass shards with a wave of her hand. They reformed into the tumbler. Why not stay gone? Take a vacation. Retire. Go see the universe. Find your family. Or go on a date. I heard Michonne's single. Flair's eyes ignited into tiny fires. You two are seeing each other? I thought you said you weren't ready for anything. He made quotation marks with his fingers. Serious. Amy said, We were just fighting Raph. It wasn't a date. A rumble shook the cafe. Why the hell are you helping defend Midas anyway? They are our enemy. Michonne is evil. They are the opposite of Aegis. Aegis was formed to defend the Earth. That means all of it. Just because Midas doesn't want our help all the time doesn't make them our enemy. And Michonne isn't evil. He has flaws. Flaws? Am I going crazy here? Flair, who was it that joined forces with Lab and nearly destroyed all of humanity? The man joined Amy in looking at the table. He ran his fingers back through his hair. Flair! He saved us. What? what? At the Battle of the Arctic. He switched sides. He saved hundreds of us. Quake rubbed her head. That was, that was because he was, well, I don't know, hedging his bets. Like I said, Amy said, looking Quake straight in the eye. Flawed, like me. Quake held up a hand. What about helping the Citadel? Tribunal picked you up, fighting a kaiju outside the city. And what about the Soviets, the 10-story robot in St. Petersburg? I fight for the Earth. 
when you live as long as I do, the flag flying over your home, it doesn't matter as much as the home. She turned to walk away. Wait, Flair called out. He scooted to the far end of the seat and got up. He caught up with her. What about your home? Where are you staying? An invisible force pushed him aside. Don't. I'm just worried about you. I don't need your pity. He reached out for her. He pressed his hand slowly against her shield. It sunk, but slipped to the side. It's not pity. I really do care about you. I'm worried about you. Please don't push us away. Amy clenched her fist. She let out an exasperated huff. <sighs> a wave of power threw Flair off his feet. A pair of tables flipped. Maybe stop pushing me away then. She tried to take a few deep breaths. <sighs> Tears welled at the corners of her eyes. I'm fine. Flair stood up. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Angus stepped quietly to Flair's side and handed him a martini glass with a tiny umbrella. Thanks. Quake stood up. Then start acting like you're fine. Help us help you. I'm just picking up the pieces, okay? I, I can't make my wrongs right overnight. Just let me get myself back together. I am. By locking me out? By making you make things right. If it were anyone else, we would make them reapply to Aegis again, renew their license, take training courses. But you just waltz back to Earth like nothing happened and expect things to go back to how they were? Amy met her eyes. Streaks ran down her cheeks. I just want to grab my stuff, okay? You mean that locker of Aegis property? Sounds like what you need is a renewal form. There's a department of supers over on 30th. You can catch them before they close. Quake turned to sit back down. Amy bit her lip and held out a hand. Invisible force pulled Quake out of the booth. Bolin spun and put out her hands and stopped. Is this how you want to do this, Amy? Invisible force crushed down on Quake. She reached out with her mind. She felt the individual particles that made Amy and began pulling them apart. Energy welled up from the two ripping at one another. The force of the power tore the wax off the floors. Chairs and tables flew from them. You see, Amy? We aren't so weak. Amy flipped her wrist and reversed the direction of the force, tearing at Quake in opposite directions. The woman reacted by welling gravity around her, forcing herself back together. Tables and chairs flew back at Quake in a cloud of debris. She closed her eyes and reached out to every atom she could sense. The entire building shook. Break it up! A steel disc struck Amy in the back of the head. She tumbled forward. Discus and Bouncer were standing in defensive stances. Discus kept his head and legs still while rotating his torso. Disc ready. Bouncer flexed his rubber body into a muscular fighting form. Amy looked back to Quake. Fine. I will research. Good. She responded. She tossed some coins into the Shadow Doom Temp helmet and took her jacket. One more thing, dangerous. 
What is a quake? Did you get a haircut? Amy flipped her off. With the force of a jet taking off, Amy crashed out of the doors, blowing Bouncer and Discus off their feet. She stopped a block away, turned back, and rocketed back to the statue. The woman reached out with her mind to the statue. The pressure made it heat. Its surface bent and shifted. When she was satisfied, she catapulted back into the sky. Behind her, the statue showed a woman in her forties. Stern eyes and a stiff upper lip replaced the youthful joy from before. The end. For now. So yeah, here's just like recent stuff. Yeah, it's been just short enough that she's gotten like her secret hideout kind of wrapped back up or like cleaned up and she's kind of just making her rounds to everybody now. And then she goes back to Aegis Tower and finds out that her security codes don't work anymore. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, you could go talk to Quake. Okay. But yeah, so it's she's just been back a little bit and she's getting kind of tired of all the people like Minotaur getting upset at her for jumping into her business and she doesn't quite understand I think the full impact of the AI event yet. Okay. So you've got this Infinity Cafe? Yeah. So it's a cafe and in my headspace it's sort of on top of the Empire State Building. Mm. That was supposed to be kind of the spot but then I started looking at the size of that rooftop. I don't know if it'd be big enough for all the stuff I put up there. Uh, it's just like a super tech. Yeah. Or there's like a platform at the top that the garden and stuff goes on. I don't it know. It could be like a bubble on top of a building. Yeah, that's true. But so there's this cafe at the top where all the flying superheroes and nearby superheroes can kind of come and hang out. Yeah. And I had an idea to feel free to reject that it's named after this failed experiment of having all the superheroes be in Aegis. That this is a a remnant name that they kind of reused. Like it embodies the same spirit of Aegis Infinity initiative of networking with other heroes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I originally had it to where it's named after Captain Infinity, mm. who I was going to say was like an Aegis founder, but maybe they named the initiative this. after him. Yeah. Maybe it's a grant from the the Infinity Foundation or something like that that pays for it. Yeah. So is it only related to Aegis people? Are they the only people that can come in? I think that's the intention. Is it supposed to be a club for Aegis superheroes or their guests? Because I know you've you've mentioned before. There's a when we've talked about Aegis, you say like, well, are they in like Aegis proper or? I guess we could work out the Aegis hierarchy or something. Yeah. I was going to say, in Justice League, there's like Superman, Batman, The Flash, Martian Manhunter, like the the core group. Yeah. And then there's a whole bunch of ancillary characters that are members but aren't necessarily. Yeah. So I think that's... I think we had actually said before that Aegis is just like the four or five people at the top. Yeah. But I'm wondering if this allows people that are in those spots that would be ancillary spots. It allows them to be a part of the organization as a whole kind of deal. Okay. Like super friends. Yeah. Aegis works with, there are people that help out Aegis every once in a while when, you know, 
because they just need to help each other out sometimes. Yeah. There are people that come on to Aegis for a bit of time, you know, like guest members. <laughs> At any time, there's a core group, but sometimes people rotate out. And maybe membership to this cafe is kind of based on that larger group of people. Because you mentioned a lot of, like, recertification and stuff. And it's not everyone's an Aegis, but you can be an Aegis Reserve member kind of deal. Yeah. Well, that was something I was going to ask, was at the end, Quake tells her to go to basically the superhero DMV. Yeah. Do we want to, like, what would be a good name for that? Because I have it currently as Department of Mortal, or Metamortals, which seems obtuse. I mean, is it an Aegis-run thing? I think it's just a like a U.S. government licensing program. Oh. Like, you have to go and register your powers and... So Civil War happened and Iron Man won. But I think in this case, <laughs> it's more like, if you want to become a professional superhero, this is your something you have to do. You can just have powers, but if you're going to join Aegis or one of the other supergroups... This is like your paperwork part. Okay. So it'd allow you to do stuff kind of private eye level stuff where the cops don't get on to you. There's not that dichotomy kind of thing for people that are registered. Yeah. Or have their... So I was thinking the department has levels of IDs or licenses. And so it's like the level one is just, I'm just saying to the government, I do have these powers in case you ever need me. But maybe if you want to do... Like Jessica Jones level work, you have to get insurance. Yeah. But it's like pretty cheap and it's like a lower level. But if you want to do Amy Dangerous level work, you have to get insurance for whole buildings kind of coverage. Okay. This gives us a like a department of supers. Yeah. And I thought it'd be fun to have a a story where Amy does have to go to the DMV for superheroes and go through the line. And go through all the the process. Yeah, that was the the original Amy Dangerous character inspiration <laughs> was a story about a superhero going to the DMV to sign up, and they're like, "I don't have time for you to come up with your secret identity right here, so we're just gonna go with your first name in Dangerous because I don't want to wait." One thing he touched on was Amy has like a force field power. Yeah. I was going to change your powers just a tiny bit. Because we were talking about it being gravity. I think we dropped gravity at some point. Yeah. When we came up with Quake. Right. But but so I thought about solidifying your powers more that it's uh, telekinesis. But just really, really good. Is it like brute force telekinesis then? I mean, I think it can be. Like, I think she's got a shield around her and that's what protects her from damage. Yeah, Pun- punches are enhanced by the telekinesis. Yeah, and I think the way she uses it, it's more physical. Like, I don't think she would float things across the room, but yeah. she could, if she was touching somebody, she could cancel out, like, or she could put a, a force field around them and move them. So, like, really short range, but really strong. So it's like that instead of actual super strength? Yeah. So I like the idea where if you snuck up on her, you could actually hurt her if she just wasn't aware but just most of the time she has her shield up and yeah he's kind of conscious of it because i like the concept of maybe her and richard are fighting and something makes her drop her attention for a second and he just actually slugs her pretty good 
Yeah. So it's not an all the time thing, but. Well, do you think she has uh, any healing? I think she does. Maybe it's like she has such amazing control over her own body processes. She can almost just like wheel her body to heal. Maybe that's why she doesn't have to breathe either. She just tells her body to oxygenate without it, like without more oxygen. I also wonder, there's also like this alien aspect that we don't know about yet. Or what is she or what? Because I like the idea that she has the weakness if you catch her unawares. But what is, does she, when she's sleeping, is she vulnerable? Or is it sort of a protective thing around her at that point too? Like one one aspect of the being able to catch her unaware is even if she doesn't age, how has she survived this long without any sort of death accident? Right. So that's an aspect we can look into. But I like I like the telekinetic strength. Yeah. And force field idea a lot. So we can we can figure it out as it comes or something. Well, I think that gives us some playroom. Because, like, if Superman actually caught an airplane out of the air, he would just, like, crush through it. But Amy can actually touch it and zero out its gravity with her own force field. So you just you just want a way to say that Amy's better than Superman. No. I want a way to to do these really cool superhero scenes. Well, you know, know who, I, who else is better than Superman? Batman. Any member of Spell Squadron because he's weak to magic. <laughs> now does how does Superman feel? He should feel ashamed. You want to talk about any of the characters that are hanging out in there? Oh man, there's a bunch. I am really excited to bring up Discus and Bouncer more. Discus just spins his torso around and throws giant like Captain America disc. Frisbee man. Yeah. And then Bouncer's teamed up with him and he's just a stretchy hero. Then there's Graham, and Graham's another Martian artifact hero. Mm-hmm. But in the story that his sword's from, it was broken into a lot of little pieces. So it's and one each big... one weighs a gram. <laughs> <laughs> so he can break the sword apart for each of his tentacles and make one tiny sword. And so it's like he just always has just all swords. Never not be that's, sorting. That's really cool. I also like the idea that the sword can break into a bunch of tiny pieces. There's like sword dust. Oh, yeah. You've breathed in my sword dust. And now I summon it back into one piece. <laughs> oh. But yeah, that seems really cool. Is that the is that sword named Graham? Is that a like a real legendary sword or is that Yeah. A... It's the Norse version of Excalibur. <laughs> oh, a real legendary sword. <laughs> a real magic sword. Wait, 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 wait. You got two of these Martian people. Their uh-huh. weapons both fell into Norse mythology? Well, these two. You need to diversify a bit, man. I do. I think these two specific characters maybe knew more about each other or like are more maybe he deals with Ichival more often. But yeah, they're gonna I'm gonna get some more different ones out there. Bouncer is that another stretchy person? We did we both come up with stretchy people? We both did stretchy people. We okay. both did Amy Dangerous. Yeah. We both had things that sort of include systems for heroes. And we both uh, had infinity in our story. Isn't that weird? Oh, it's always we like both, a problem. We both picked Aegis? What? I, I mentioned Goldstar, who's the new head of Aegis. 
though I did a Google search and figured out that that's also Booster Gold's sister's name. So I don't know if that's something we need to change or retcon or if that'll be okay. It could just be a gold star and people call him gold star. What if we just separate golden star instead of making it one word? Yeah. There was one other character I mentioned and that was flair, but there's also a flair in other comics, but I tried to write his name different. And then I started thinking, well, what if he just, that's one of his things is he keeps changing his superhero identity name. The, uh, absolute highlight for this episode for me though is split eating a banana split by herself with three copies of herself (laughs) just thought that was such a good moment oh did we settle on any or land on anything for the department of superheroes or something i don't know i like the department of supers okay just yes i mean it could have a dmm as a department of it oh that's true like it could be part of the same governmental arm there's the Department of Motor Vehicles, but it's part of the Department of Transportation. Yeah. So I think the DMM is fine. Okay. All right. Well, I know we don't usually ask for things on this show, but I was going to say... But at least go ahead once. and ask. Can you guys send us a Pepsi? Just we one. We need a Pepsi. We'll share it. I've got two straws. Yeah. So... If you could send that in our PO box link in the description, really appreciate that. While while you're at the post office shipping it off, though, just consider, think about it, look deep in your heart, think about liking, about rating, maybe subscribing to the show, just to give us some feedback. Yeah, if you could leave an iTunes review, that'd be nice because that like can help us get seen by people. Yeah, actually, uh, there's a lot of smaller podcasts i listen to and every once in a while i'll go through and my subscription feed and leave reviews on all the all the ones that i've been listening to lately for an itunes one you don't even have to have you just make an account or i don't even know if you need to make an account but it's super easy to go through and rate on there even if you don't use the apple thing because that's how a lot of people find it a lot of the podcast feeds are populated through the apple stuff so and then i'm thinking about starting this if people use the hashtag double issue show, I might use your name as a character in an episode. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. I looked at double issue, just hashtag double issue, and there's a couple other people who use that every now and then. Uh, F them. Double yeah, issue. Just hashtag double issue. Try using both. We're going to own this. You could use whatever hashtag you want. But how we'll find you is double issue or <laughs> double issue show. Yeah, but tell your friends, tell your family. Put us on the car radio anywhere you go. Yeah. But our thumbnail art is by Lisa Prather. You can find her online, Lisa Prather Art. Is it dot com? Yep. And also on Instagram? Yes. Instagram, Lisa Prather Art. Yeah. We got an email at double issue show at gmail.com. Our Twitter's double issue show. At double. Does, did anyone ever decide if everyone says at or not? I think I think that's been a big argument whether anyone says that at or not. Usually there's a easy way to do it. You can find me on Twitter at and then it yeah. sounds natural to say the username at it, but when you say just the username, do you say the at with it? It's a great philosophical question of our time. But you can find our website <laughs> at doubleissue.show. 
or our WordPress, wsushow.wordpress.com. And we got Facebook, too. I think you know where it is. And maybe at some point soon we'll have a Discord. People can join in and chat with us if you want. Yeah. We'll Come and send us we, messages. If we do, we'll put a link in the descriptions. But that's all we got this week. And yeah. next week we have a world-building episode. And it's about the amazing Richard, the villain from episode two, Robots. And nine birthdays. Isn't birthdays? He's talking to the mysterious villain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But we're going to have a special guest that week. Yeah. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan of yninteractive.com. They got some podcasts like Stuff Weekly and... um, Cartridge Blowers? Yeah, Cartridge Blowers. That's the other one. And also one that they don't update as much, but I really love uh, Event Fatigue, where they go through comic book events so that's right up our alley they go through comic book events and it's sort of a book club but i need to hit that yeah i really enjoy it so you can check them out at those places but you'll also be able to check out matt ryan here next week for that world building episode it was a lot of fun we've already recorded it <laughs> and i want to plug it while we're here just because it reminded me i listened to a podcast called diversive issues and they just do kind of a book club, but for comics where they read maybe five or 10 and talk oh. about them. And that gave me a whole cool. lot of ideas for the last couple of stories I've written. Oh yeah. Idea thief, Daniel signing me. off. Good show. Okay. And then we'll probably have someone reading the credits for all the songs and then we'll see you next week. Bye. Show done did. Hey, here I am. That guy that reads those song credits. Here we go. Stuck Up by I Am Lamprey. TikTok instrumental version by Josh Woodward. Some Bad Joke by Mon Plaisir. Can't Shake You instrumental by Mice. Breeze Funk by Malaventura. Extra Metal by Loyalty Free Music. Breaking Glass 4 by Jorick Hoof D. All of those songs were used under their various licenses, most of them Creative Commons, uh, one or two public domain, I think. But they were used and edited as needed for the podcast. You can find links to those songs and the artists that make them in the show notes. Now, I believe Daniel has a thing to say, so here we go. He didn't read the story at all. I'll read the story. It's pretty short. Okay. Infinity Poop Butts, The Buttoning, by Daniel J. Poole. I love poop butts. This is a story by me, Daniel, and and it's about how I love poop butts. I love them. This is not the end. There is no end to my love of poop butts. Sincerely, love, Daniel Poop Butt Poole. So yeah. We, We have fun here. That double issue. (laughs) And we work in Google Docs where you could just edit other people's stuff.